Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only mr eric roberts how are we pal how are you what is going on tell me what you're up to today 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 is uh today's a day off for me which which are rare i'm i'm at home I'm, um um i i i slept till nine A.M. this morning, which I've never, which I never do, and and I got up, had a big breakfast, uh, watched some old football games that I've had that I've had TiVo'd that I haven't had time to watch, and uh, just stuff like that, just just um, just boring, boring catch up stuff that I like doing. Listen, I need a boring catch up day, so I am so jealous of you. The last catch-up day I had, I just watched you and my friend Chris Baker's The Estates. So. Ah, that good, was a fun one. Good movie, right? Thank you. That was a fun one to make. It was a very good. So I'm like, it was a great movie. So listen, when you look back at 1977, when you got your start on Another World, almost five decades ago, mm. does that seem like, do you have vivid memories of that? Or does that just seem like, who was that guy? Oh, and what I, was that? I do. It's very, it's very, it's very specific because I was bad on the soap opera in 1977, and then I was bad again in like 1999. Whenever, whenever Paul Ross called me to come back, uh, and uh, I'm just bad on soaps because of the of the technique in acting, the studying, getting ready to to perform. It, it's a soap opera technique. I'm not good at it. I'm not good that way. I'm not a good actor in that method of, 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 of getting ready to, to do it. I'm just not good at it. And I never was. And I never got good at it. I think I'm a fine actor, but not on soaps. Not on soaps, dude. How are soaps different? Is it just like the speed of it or just the... Well, you can call it the speed of it but it's 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 the lack of time to to just wallow in it privately so how am i going to play this you don't have that time you don't do not have that time it has to all be instinctive i'm not good that way i'm an old homework guy and uh i'm just not good at it and i always felt unprepared well you're good at a lot of other things i mean Lots of people spend their whole careers like trying to get, you know, to break through and to be nominated for certain awards. Like here you are like right out of the gate, like King of the Gypsy, Star 80, Runaway Train. You get nominated for Golden Globes and Academy Awards. Like were you like, did you appreciate that at that time? You know what I mean? Like sometimes you work 50 years, 30 years for that. And then you're like, finally, you know, you had it early in your career. Like, did you realize what a these great oh, honors yeah. were you did oh i did sure sure in fact at my first at my first golden globe table i was nominated for best newcomer and um uh, there was an actor there on um, an english actor and he said um he uh, he glanced at me when they when they announced all the nominees and he said i think we have a winner here you know indicating me i lost to brad davis for um 
for the for the drug movie. What was that great movie? Um, anyway, uh, I lost to Brad Davis, who who uh, who won Best Newcomer, and uh, so from 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 that moment on, uh, I wanted to win a trophy because I lost my first time out. So oh, I want to win one of these. So I I've, I've always wanted to win one and never have. <laughs> Well, you've been working, you know, right after that, you were working so much in the 80s and 90s, which continue to today. But, you know, like Pope of Greenwich Village, Nobody's Fool, Raggedy Man, Coca-Cola Kid. Like, what was that time like in the 80s and then like into the early 90s? I mean, you were so busy. Well, from 1978, when I made my first movie, King of the Gypsies, to 1993, I made maybe a movie a year. That's how we did it then. And then they take away film and they give us HD. So everything that took three months takes literally three days, not three weeks, three days. It went from 90 days to three days, almost literally. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, maybe, but not a lot. And, uh, it, and you, you, you also didn't need experts. You didn't need you know, good keys, you know, good, Good, good leaders of every department because every department was easier now. It was easier, and everybody was their own 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 like studio if they could just afford to buy a camera. They became their own studio. So, so what happened with me is um, they started calling me directly, and my wife said, "We're getting all these offers every single day. Do you want to go do this?" I said, "Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go do this." So we, we went around the world two or three times together. Then she, she, she got bored doing it. She stays home now and sends me on my own. <laughs> and uh, I, I, get, I get a lot of offers because everybody's a studio and I get them from all over the world. Wow. And I, and I, and I say yes a lot. You say yes a lot, yes, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. We're going to talk about that in a second. I am an avid traveler before COVID. I've been to like 55 countries. Okay. Do you have a favorite place you've been all when you're well, working? It depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about history and food, of course, it's Rome. If we're talking about privacy, it's Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. It all depends on what you're after because there's all kinds of places you know that, that are that are good for all kinds of things but as but as far as one place being it i don't know i love my home <laughs> it's so funny i i say all the time like rome is one of my best food vacations like if you really uh, want to get into the food rome is one of my favorites i cannot agree more rome and new orleans pal that's that's where you go for food that's like another one well, in the 80s and like some into the 90s, you know, like, look, you've been very open, you know, that is you were working all the time. It was the 80s, you know, that's when you, you know, got into drugs and, you know, no shade or any shame there. You know, you've been very open about it. Like, what was that like? I mean, I'm picturing, you know, it's the 80s and, you know, there's coke everywhere on a movie set. Like, this is where my mind goes. And look, no one says no to the actor, you know, the, the star, right? No, it was, it was, um, it was a drug society then. It was a cocaine society. Everybody from, from the executive producers to craft service were doing that drug on movie sets. And to, to the point where uh, when, you, when you arrived on a set, they would send you to the prop truck where they'd have all these mirrors and all these lines out. And everybody would like, like, like come and go all day and do cocaine. I was very lucky. I can't talk when I do cocaine. I, I just I just can't speak properly. So I can't do it while I work. So I would wait until after work to get to get to partake, which would take my evening away. But anyway, those were those days. But it, it was insane. Everybody was doing that drug. Yes. That's that's kind of what I picture. So like I know, you know, you had like certain arrests and like then this car crash. And you know, listen again, like so what. I mean, the car crash wasn't the end for you. It You kept going. So like, I know eventually many years later, you ended up on Celebrity Rehab with our good friend, Dr. Drew. Like, what was it that finally brought you there and said like, this is the end? You're acting like those things are all connected to each other. They are not. Uh, ce celebrity Rehab 
you know, they, they, they call celebrities and do you have a drug problem? If you do, we'd be on our show. <laughs> and so they, so they call my wife. Does Eric have a drug problem? No, he smokes a little pot. Why? Well, you know, does, does he want to quit? No. Well, if he does, we, uh, we, uh, we want him on the show. It was like that kind of thing. And then, and then, and then she goes, you know, I think you should promote quitting pot because, you know, you have a daughter, you, 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 you have a stepson and a stepdaughter who both, you know, partake on occasions and um, you should, you should promote stopping because your people listen to you. So you should go on the show and do that, Eric. So I went on that show on my wife's advice to be a good guy. And, uh, but, um, and I stopped smoking pot for a while, but I'm, I'm what you call a pothead. Right. Like you had already like stopped doing Coke, like way before that. Right. No, I mean, the, the yeah. two, right. Like the two no, technically. Right. No, you, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't live a long life, you know, being a Coke head. No, you don't. No. I, 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 I would agree with that. So when you went on Celebrity Rehab, you know, like, listen, we're in a different time now. Like, right, everyone's on a reality show now. But like, did you have like, you know, agents and managers and saying, Eric, Eric, wait, you're an actor. You're working. Like, what are you doing? Of course I did. They all freaked out. Uh, and uh, and they all they all they all blame my wife because I listened to her. And uh, how can you tell, how can you let Eric do that? Oh my God, he's ruined. He's over. He 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 was legitimate. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. And, you know, what are you gonna do? You just have to have to grin and bear it, and know that everybody's right and everybody's wrong. Get over it. It's all good. Have a good day. You know. Well, listen. It didn't slow you down at all because you kept working. You know, you've done movies, TV. Like, do you have a preference between, I mean, like TV has come so far, like Grey's Anatomy, you run Grey's Anatomy, which is, I still think, one of the best shows out there. Yeah, it's a hell of a show. Uh, I, uh, it's all the same now. It's all the same. It's all the same speed. It's all the same schedules. Uh, it, 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 the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the director is not the king. So you're, so you, you don't have an, artistic guide anymore you just have a you just have a first ad and a time frame let's go here we are bang and uh, you have to do it that way and if you don't they will not hire you again it's as simple as that wow do you have a movie that i mean you've been in so many movies that's like just you know one or two that are just your favorite experiences that just well, stand out as you just said i've been in so many movies so i have so many favorites i have king of the gypsies star 80 Runaway Train, It's My Party, Paul's Case, Purgatory, Love is a Gun. Those are my seven favorites. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority, and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water, and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes, and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I love how you can just rattle those off. Well, those are, those have real places in my artistic heart. Yeah. What about, do you have a movie that, you know, look, we all make mistakes or, you know, you're part of a movie and you're like, oh, this just didn't turn out so great or it just wasn't a great experience for you. Well, I was actually fooled by a movie once. I, I made a movie that I said yes to on a whim called The Ambulance. And I thought it was a horrible movie. And it turned out to make all kinds of money and be a huge hit in France and kind of make me uh, 
viable in France, in this, this movie. And I thought it was horrible, horrible movie, but I was wrong in how it was received. It's, it's, it's a beloved movie. And um, I now look at it and I can see why. But at the time, I couldn't. Can you tell, I mean, you know, because I read a lot of things and I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, like you see a trailer for a movie and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. But like, can you tell by reading a script? I would imagine you could at this point. Your wife Eight times out of 10, you can. 20% of the time, you mess up. Like I read Officer and Gentleman and it read like a soap opera. I thought, this sucks. Who can do this? What a great movie. I was wrong. So, you know, shit happens. Shit happens. So like you read it, you say, I'm not interested in this. I'm going to pass. Like you don't even audition. Yeah, right. And no, it, it, it happens. It happens probably 30% of the time. You know, you're wrong 30% of the time. That's a lot of wrong. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why you need, you need advice. You need help. You need people who you respect. You can ask questions up and they will give you real real legitimate answers and uh you know you uh, you need to surround yourself with that group and that's a trick especially after you're famous because after you're famous everybody says what you want to hear a lot and as opposed to what you should hear right and, uh, so you know it, it it is what it is and you you just have to be have to be a grown up and take care of yourself and not blame other people have, have you ever been close to like getting a part, you know, like you were in the mix and then it went to someone else where we can say, oh, wow, that was almost Eric Roberts. Yeah. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona, I really wanted. And um, the guy got it who earned it. But 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 uh, I wanted that part, dude. That was a good part. Yeah. What about, like, let's talk about some of your co-stars. Like, you've worked with everyone. What was it like working with Brooke Shields and King of the Gypsies? And then, again, in the hot flashes, let's not forget that little gem. Yeah, we played brother and sister in 1978. And then 20 years later, we played husband and wife. Yeah, that was cool. Brooks, or Brooke, Brooke was so cool in that first movie because you know, Brooke had been around a lot of blocks. You know, Brooke, Brooke had, a lot, had, a lot, had a lot of movie work under her belt. And I was a rookie. So... I kind of took a lot of my cues off Brooke because a lot of our stuff was together. And uh, in fact, uh, all the car stuff was me and Brooke. I knocked a camera off a camera mount. Brooke's like, that's cool. They don't care. And I'm like, thank God. You know, I, I was, oh my God, I the camera. Oh my God. Don't worry about it. Don't, no big deal. You know, they have insurance. You know, Brooke was cool. I'm like, oh, thank God Brooke is with me, you know. But uh, yeah, Brooke was, was just neat. Brooke was just neat. Brooke was a little girl. Who was like a grown up. She was cool. Yeah, she was fun to hang out with. And, then, and her mom was only slightly out of control. And uh, so, so it was it was all kind of colorful and fun, you know. She just slightly out of control. That's good, right? Yeah. What about working with Daryl Hannah in the Pope of Greenwich Village? Well, I've always loved Daryl. Although, although Daryl really, her scenes with Mickey, really. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I'm in a couple of small scenes with her but uh no you know Daryl and I are buddies but um we never really worked together uh we've been in the same movies several times but we we don't really ever have any real scenes together <laughs> but I love Daryl what about the great final analysis with Kim Basinger and you well Kim's one of the coolest chicks on two feet she's just cool man and She's smart, she's funny, she's drop-dead, perfectly beautiful, and she's kind. And uh, and this scene I had with her in Final Analysis where I'm buck naked and I'm in there shaving, and we had that conversation in the mirror. Then I turn around and tell her to do it. And she hits her knees and cut out. We cut out. And uh, it's like, you know, Kim Bassinger. Wow, that's kind of cool. Uh, I... I I don't want to sound tasteless, but, uh, but you know, when you're in a movie with maybe one of the three most beautiful women to ever be in cinema period. And, uh, you, you, uh, you, you, you get to act hard R with her. It's cool, dude. It's a lot of fun. 
So who are the other two besides Kim Basinger that are the most beautiful women to be in cinema? Well, Elizabeth Taylor. And uh, I'll let I'll let everybody have their own choice, that third one. For the third. And then finally with Sharon Stone and the specialist, which was uh, such Sharon's a cool chick, man. Sharon was the coolest. In fact, Sharon is so cool, and that was such a cool movie. They had to change it because Sharon's character slept with all of us. And when they watched the the rough cut, they said, you know what? She sleeps with all those men. She sleeps with everybody. We got it. Somebody has to not sleep with her. And so they cut my scene out. And uh, yeah. And uh, we had a great love scene, dude. But they cut it out because she effed everybody. So they had to cut somebody out. And it unfortunately had to be me because I was the bad guy. Well, you've played a bunch of bad guys. And even when you're a good guy, you have this ability to like, I mean, scare people. Like you have scenes where you're like, this guy is a scary guy. You know, I heard that a lot in growing up in cinema. I heard that a lot. And uh, I always took it as a grain of salt up until I started noticing when women see me in New York City or in Detroit where they have sidewalks, you know, wherever there's a, there's a major city with sidewalks, not Los Angeles, but, uh, but where you'll see, you, 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 you'll see a woman 30 yards away recognize you and cross the street to avoid you. And that put it in perspective for me. Wow. They really think I am this guy that I act like that I'm not. And, uh, and and but but they they'll they'll cross the street to not have to pass me, and that that is the ultimate insult and the ultimate compliment, all in the same breath. Yeah. Wow. When did you realize that? Like, was it after a certain film, or you just realized? Yeah, it, it was after like... Star Eighty. After because oh wow, Star Eighty changed how everybody everybody dealt with me, both personally and professionally. It changed everything. How everybody. Everybody thought I was a different guy. Everybody thought I was something I wasn't. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, that's kind of the best compliment possible. I mean, I guess it's a huge insult too, like you said. It's also a hindrance. It's also a pain in the ass. It's in your way. It's like, no, guys, I'm not that. Come on, drop that shit. Let's do this, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, you were also in the great Less Than Perfect ABC TV comedy, which I loved. Do you like doing like situational comedies like that? I love that show. And I would, I would have loved my experience on that show more, except uh, I, 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 I have issues with, uh, with the depression. And I started psychotropic drugs when I was on that show, you know, Prozac and Buse Bar and, you know, those things. And I was on a whole, a whole, whole recipe of psychotropics and I felt I wasn't myself and I had no comedic timing and it got in my way and I feel I was not very good on that show because of that but I didn't realize it until after I was through that experience realized you know what it was why why I had such a bad time personally on that show was because of psychotropics my god that's when I was on psychotropics and uh yeah and yeah, so that that experience is not altogether positive for me, but it's nobody's fault but my own and and my doctors and my shrinks. <laughs> wow, so like you literally like look back. Now, mind you, I can't tell. I bet you the average person, I mean, I thought you were great in that show, but- Thank you, dude. And I'm not just saying that. So like you really, like you could look back at, you know, you're, see, you're such a good actor. You could like look back at your performance watch that show and say, wow, I, I could see the psychotropics and I could see that yeah. I just was, wow. Yeah. And you could see that you were off to you to an expert. My comedic timing was basically non-existent <laughs> because wow. of psychotropics. Wow. Yeah. They're not, they're not good for comics in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think you need to be a really trained. Are you sure you're not just too hard on yourself, Eric? No, I'm one of my three biggest fans, dude. I was going to say. 
Is there something, and I mean, you've done so much in this business. Is there a part of this business that like you haven't done that you still want to do? Yeah, there's a part I want to play desperately and I can only play them for the next about 10 years and then I'm going to be too old or I'm going to be too weak. And that's, I want to play Nureyev. I almost played him and then the, uh, the, uh, the project fell apart. But when I almost played him, I did all my homework on him and I got to know him. And everything from how he talked to how he always sounded like he was drinking. Uh, always sounded like perhaps he was, I uh, had just recovered from the flu. And I uh, always had that thing about his voice. And, was, and of course, being Russian, sounds like Dracula. And uh, was very cool. And you know, he was, he, was, he was a drug addict. He was an alcoholic. He was, he was, he was bipolar. And he was brilliant. And he was, he was driven by secrets and by passion. He was driven. And what a cool cat to play, dude. I want to play him. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I want to play Nuria. I'm going to be honest. Listen, I've heard so much about meditation, but I really didn't think it was something that would ever work for me. That is until I found the Calm app. Calm helps you feel more at ease from the moment you start. So find somewhere that's comfortable and familiar to you, like your couch or your bed, and tune into Calm. Calm is the number one mental wellness app, and it gives you the tools that improve the way you feel. You could use Calm for so many different things. You can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations. You can improve your focus with curated music tracks. And you can rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. I turn to Calm because, hey, I'm a New Yorker and I have trouble sleeping. What I love about Calm is there's so many different things that they offered for sleep. Stories, sleep soundscapes like rivers and brooks. I also love the music, but Calm can also help you focus, self-improvement, reduce stress. It really is a great app to improve the quality of your life. For listeners of Behind the Velvet Robe, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm Premium subscription at com.com slash velvet rope. Go to com.com slash velvet rope for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's com.com slash velvet rope. Is the, what about, you know, you've worked with everyone in the business. Is there someone or a group of people in particular that you would just love to act opposite that you have I'm really sad that I missed Jack Nicholson. Because I'm told we'll never see Jack in another movie. So I will never get to work with him. And I never did work with him. And I always wanted to. Because Jack was my favorite guy. And uh, I just loved him. I loved from, from five easy pieces on, he owned me, Jack Nicholson. In terms of endearment, I mean, it's all dude, just so good. Dude, I know that movie. God, that movie. Wow. And you just, you've heard that he's just, he's done with acting. Yeah. He's, he's done. Wow. Yeah, no, he, he was, he was. What about when someone like, so, you know, when the wrestler came out, I mean, this was just a quote that stuck out to me. I mean, I don't know if you know this quote, like when the wrestler came out and Nikki Rourke then says, you know, he had this big resurgence. Now you, you've been working, you're working nonstop. It's like, you've never said, you know, you, you, like you said, you say yes to a lot of things like, and then Mickey Rourke says, you know, I really hope Eric Roberts has a movie like this. It has like this moment and like this resurgence and all these accolades, like, you know, like, are you aware that then there's this, you know, like he's implying like, you know, there's the Brad Pitt, there's the George Clooney, you know, implying like, you know, it implies like you got off track in your career. Like, I'm not saying, you know what I mean? Like, are you aware like of that narrative out there? And like, did you hear this quote? And it's not really an insult. He's actually saying what a great actor you are. You know what I'm saying? I've been aware of that narrative since before I had a career to have a narrative about, because that's always going to be a narrative somewhere about everybody who's famous. It's just a part of the package. And uh, what are you going to do? You know, you just got to, you just got to grin and bear it. I don't care. And, um, and, you know, what do I care? I, I love Mickey. He's one of the hardest guys to ever work with, I've ever worked with in my life, who I love. And, uh, cause you know, he's a bum. He shows up late. He's not prepared. He's like, well, 
now and you're like yeah come on man come on but but you know but he's he's a brilliant 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 actor oh my god did you see barfly i no. mean oh my god oh my god this guy this actor is one of the greats one of the all-time greats and he and, and um, did you did you ever see uh spun now no dude you 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 owe yourself a mickey rourke film festival i kind of do right he's got some performances that are just they will live forever because they're perfect and then he's got some you know we all make mistakes you know what are you gonna do you know punish him for them no (laughs) he's a great actor and uh, and uh, it's just a shame, you know, what he did to his face, you know, because he's he he used to look like a movie star. Do you feel that, you know, like you say, there's all these narratives out there, like, how is it now, like with social media? You know, like that's kind of changed the game. Like it's changed everything, dude. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, well, um, uh, my 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 wife knows I'm not to be trusted with that kind of responsibility. And, uh, and so my wife and our assistants, we have a couple, um, they do that. They run everything past me. Supposedly, I have last word. I don't. But, you know, they, 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 they make me feel like I think I do, you know. But, uh, but you know, they, they, uh, they, they uh, take care of it for me because, because my wife said I would ruin it if it was left to me because I'd be honest. And she said, you can't do that. And so, so I don't. I was going to say, do they think you'll be up at night, like tweeting and telling people really what you feel about them? It's occurred to them. My, my, my wife, when Trump was at his height being an idiot on Twitter, my wife would say, you know, this is, this is kind of how I kind of think you might act, by the way. This is why I let you do this. I, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, she, she, she thinks I might. So I don't it's do a, anything. It's a whole different world and you can't go... I mean, everything is out there now. And so, you know what I mean? Like, you ain't kidding. do you ever feel like, man, if I came up like during this time, you know, listen, we used to have the National Enquirer. Now it's like out there within seconds. From your mouth to everybody's ears. That's exactly what happened. It, 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 we, it, it was so just a small little corner of our industry the inquire those shows whatever it was hard copy oh my god you know but then then it became then everybody's business became everybody's business and everybody's business was everybody's business oh my god and suddenly everything was everywhere and it got frightening i mean and everybody also has a camera now dude and they have it ready to take a picture bad good and indifferent it's going to end up on the internet and uh and you know he'll uh, he'll 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 never know if i that i that i I took his picture if i take it like this but if i take it like this he'll look like frankenstein and it'll be on the internet forever and you're stuck with that kind of world now that's that it's it was so much more fun to be famous in 1978 than in 1998 because in 1978 it was special in 1998, it's not special. It's just, it's a responsibility, in fact. It's like, it's like if you don't, you know, live up to it, it will tear you down. And you're lucky if it's just a picture. I mean, now people are going to pretend they're texting and it's a whole video. So <laughs> God forbid you're having a bad day at Starbucks and, you, you know, you, your latte is late. That's going to become, you know, Eric Roberts is a bastard, is nasty. And look what he said at Starbucks and it will be all over the place. Well, it's really true. The meek have finally inherited the earth. All thanks to Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Someone told me like, you know, you have to just picture it like the internet is just a fake place. It's like, it's it's kind of true when you think about it like that. It's people that would never say something to your face or- That's right. But, to say the meek heaven, I like how that that I that's like that happened. Dude. I'm I'm gonna steal that because I actually like that. Well, that's what happened. That's what it is. The meek have inherited the earth. They run the show now, dude, because they're all faceless and they all have that opinion, and it's all right there. 
and and they're, they're the bosses dude they inherited the earth it belongs to them wow we gave I... it to them like we uh we uh we gave everybody we know big brother with our phones we all have big brother now yeah we all have big brother dude every one of us and we paid for it it's far out and people are addicted to it so it's not going away anytime soon me too me too yeah, yeah. same here why do you think like society is so obsessed with like celebrity you know this one i mean this is like this one's mad at that one like why do you think people i mean because you're a human being i mean everyone's a person that i've i mean i've learned that through this job i mean you just speak to people like human beings it has not changed over time it's just we're more aware of it and we have more access to it there were just so many people in their private moment in their bathroom in their bathroom mirror giving their acceptance speech for the academy award as there are now it's just we didn't know that now we know it's going on so now it's out there as trash as opposed to just a just a just another human element we 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 like to make people feel bad for for being human and we're and we're nasty we've become a high school hallway yeah. And, and it and it really peaked and came into its own. We're 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 all a bunch of backbiting high school juniors who want to be seniors, and we're all we're all obnoxious and we're all we're all backbiting and we're all being being not trustworthy about our opinions. I mean, and we're just not cool. And it's happened. And we're and- yeah, I was going to say, and it's like, it is a high school hallway. It's bullying and it's all really people that are ultimately like, cause like a bully that are insecure inside and just want, they want to make that funny comment through putting you down just to get the accolades. So in a way it's like, right. And that is high school bullying. And if you just, cause any, cause listen, anytime someone comes to me, I'm like, I say, thank you. As soon as you're nice back to them, they're like, Oh wait, like I, I, I didn't mean any of that. Like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, you, you, you can say it. It's fine. Like I was bullied at high school. So these, this has been dealt with a long time ago. So there's, you can say it all day. I'm just going to say, thank you. And then it's like, Oh my God, I didn't mean it. I'm like, no, you keep going. It's fine. They just want to be acknowledged. Right. Yeah everybody everybody wants to be special everybody everybody wants to be thought of as special and so it's so it it common courtesy is the most important thing really in all in all human intercourse common courtesy thank you you're welcome excuse me let me hold that for you common courtesy just easy non non efforted common courtesy it's just it's the answer to everything and if we all did it for everybody we'd have a happy planet dude it'd be cool it would be way cool well before we move on to music videos because i do want to talk about music videos i just want to say you know there's been so much written you know and said you know to to that point over the years about you know you and Julia so I just wanted to ask like where are you guys now with things oh yeah Julia and I have always been fine uh I think years and years ago I was doing a press tour for some movie I don't even know what movie it was and uh it was just when Pretty Woman just got released and so they're asking a bunch of questions about Julia and I said excuse me can we talk about me I think I was very funny and of course then it's like, oh, they have a problem. Oh my God, they have a problem. And suddenly all these problems I keep hearing about, I have with my sister that I don't have on my sister. And they're just popping up all over the place. And I'm asked about them as if they're real issues. So what happened with so-and-so and so-and-so? We heard a lot. And I'm like, really? I wasn't aware of that. And so, oh, so now they're keeping secret. So Eric won't talk about it. Blah, blah, blah. And, so, and it blew up and blew up and became all, all these things it wasn't. And, uh, we don't agree on a lot of things, my sister and I, but we've always talked, we've always bitched, and we've always had fun knowing each other. Simple as that. 
Well, first of all, who does agree with their sister? I mean, all, you know, I just told my sister five minutes ago to please stop texting me that I'm too busy to speak for the next two, two, two days and we'll talk later. So that's- don't, don't get me wrong. I love knowing my sister. She's, she's a cool chick, my sister. And she's got these three adolescent children now. I mean, her life, her life is not, is not a day at the beach, dude. And, you know, and yeah. And she, she's got a lot of shit she has to deal with. And she's doing a TV series again now. I mean, she's doing a lot of stuff. And, you know, so, so you know, I don't, I don't ignore it. I just stay out of her hair with the press. That's all. Simple. And she, and she stays out of mine. That's understandable. And, I mean, honestly, if you're doing a movie of your own, which you are doing all the time, and the press just wants to talk about any member of your family, it is kind of a little like, why, what? It's, it's a little skeezy. I could not imagine having three adolescent children ever personally. She does, dude. Do you love being an uncle though? I mean, you're an uncle. Well, I've got it made. I mean, I've got it made. And uh, uh, it's like, it's like being a grandparent. I, 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 my, my granddaughter, I mean, I'm like Spider-Man. I'm the ultimate guy. And it's just really cool. And it, it, it's, it's, it's the same as being an uncle, you know? You can do no wrong. Before oh. we move on to music videos, though, I just want to ask, like, what type of mom is Julia, like, to these three kids? Oh, you know what? If I start doing that, I'm going to get myself in trouble, no matter what I say. I do not want to get you in trouble. Thank you, buddy. Well, listen, and this has nothing to do with you and her. I just... she's, she's a great mom, by the way. She's a cool mom. She's a hip mom. She knows it all. Which, it's not easy to be the cool mom. Listen, I just think that is a media thing of forget about you. Let's not get you in trouble. Just anyone. You look at there's a million people that have mother, daughter in the business. It's like it's, it's something about the business when there's family members, especially siblings, I think it gets taken and it, it again, I can name a hundred other people. It gets taken in a strange direction. I do think that. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been there. Well, let's talk about, you know, here you are. People think of you as a great movie star. They think of you as a great actor. I don't think a lot of people think Eric Roberts, you know, music video star so it's funny because I had, I'm friends with Ian Flanagan's manager. So Ian came on my show the other day and his manager was like, by the way, you know, Eric Roberts was just in his video. And I'm like, what, really? And then that sent me down this path. And then I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I know you've been in some movies. Like you're in, so how did this all start with the killers, right? Like, I mean, the killers are great. How does this call come in? Like, hey, Eric, we're thinking of you for this video. Uh, Eliza? What was the uh, the uh, the lady director's name of the of the killer's video? The first one, Sophie. Sophie Mueller. Sophie Mueller thought of me for the killer's video. Sophie Mueller is a really cool, brilliant director who was doing that video. Who asked me if I'd be in it? I said no, thank you. I'm a movie star. I don't do music videos. So then all my kids go, what is wrong with you, dad? What are you doing? No, God, call her back. Say you want to be in her video. So I did. I said, so, so my kids told me I effed up. So can I be in the video? She said, sure, no sweat. So, so I did the killer's video. It went number one. It went crazy. So then they started calling me her videos. And then every video I did went number one. So I became video platinum. I became the guy. And, uh, if you wanted a real actor in the video, Eric Roberts is always go platinum calling. And I started saying yes to videos if I liked the song. And I would always check with the kids and they always say, yes, no. Okay, that's good. No, 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 do this. And so I was doing what they told me. And all my, all my videos went number one. And I've done, I don't know, close to a dozen of them now. I mean, and let's not undersell, like Mariah Carey twice. Yeah, yeah she was cool. Her bodyguards are cool too. I wow. mean, do you do you interact with Mariah when you, I mean, you know, other than I imagine- yeah, we hung out a little bit. We 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 like hung out, yeah, and we uh, we uh, talked about stuff. And uh, she's she's very smart. She's very funny. She has a terrible rep for for being odd and not very bright and not very in in touch. She's cool. None of that's true. 
She's funny. She's late a lot. Okay. That's the only negative I have to say about She does have that diva, not funny, not smart rep. She's she's not that way at all. She's sweet. She's unpretentious. All the stuff that, that she should be, she is. Well, she must be thrilled with you in her video, and it does go to number one. Get a great time. Get a great time. What about Rihanna? Bitch better have my money. I mean, I assume your kids say, yes, dad, run as fast as you can. Do not say no. There's a funny story about that. So she hired me to play um, her husband, who she kills in the video. Okay, so I show up. I'm ready to go to work. And there's all this hush, hush, talk to talk, and all this, all this, all this like finger pointing, but Eric Roberts comes a little weirdness. What's going on? So she finally goes to my wife and she goes, Mrs. Roberts, I have to put him in another part. She says, Why? Well, because quite frankly, your husband is too fine to kill. I can't kill him. I'd be hated. Look at him. <laughs> So who's he going to play? He'll play the cop. Okay. So I'll play the cop and runs in and out of the video. That's, that's, how that, that's how that came about. I was supposed to play the husband who dies, but I was too fine to kill. So look, having like an R-rated scene with Kim Basinger, having Rihanna say you're too fine to kill, like this is not a bad life, Eric. Um, am I complaining? No. No. I do love my life. I love my wife. I love my house. I love our pets. I, I, I'm a happy guy. What do you, I mean, do you just love because you do say yes, like you are working. Listen, a lot of actors, you know, they do a movie here and there, like you work, right? Like, are you, do you like the lazy day like you had where you're catching up on the TiVo like every now I mean, but like, do you just, you love, must love working? I've seen the planet. I've seen the whole thing, all but the Arctic's. And I have the best job on the planet as an actor. They dress me, they feed me, they like take me all kinds of cool places. They, they, I play all kinds of cool parts I would never play otherwise. I mean, ah, and I see the world for free. And, 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 and I had this great marriage of 29 years. And I just, I'm just, I'm a love of my wife every day. And I'm a love of my job every day. And I now, currently have my favorite job I've ever had as an actor on a show called Righteous Gemstones. I love that job like I love my wife every day. I love that job. And, uh, and I can't believe the people I'm working with. John Goodman is so much fun. That guy is so cool. Oh, I love the man. And, and, and Danny McBride is an overused and abused word, but the guy is a freaking genius. And I'm so lucky to have that part that I got through auditioning. And Danny saw my audition and gave me the part. So, uh, and it's my favorite part I ever had, ever as an actor, ever, ever, ever had. I'm just really? Saying, yeah, true story. What is it about Righteous Gemstones, which is great, but like, what is it about this part that is your favorite? It's the character. This character, I, I, it's, it's a character. You know, we all have lots of characters in our, in our repertoire. Yeah. And this guy... Is a guy I've always wanted to play, and he's a, and he's half my oldest first cousin Adam, and half my grandfather Roberts. He's those guys together, and those guys were very different. One of them was an asshole, and one of them is a saint. And I put them together in this junior character, and he's just a very fucked up, likable, not likable, loathable, lovable cat. And uh, and I just love him. I just love him. And and uh, and and I and I get to have these big scenes with John Goodman, who is such a great guy to go to work with. I'm in heaven, dude. Were you a Roseanne fan, a Connors fan? Did you watch Roseanne? Yes, yes. Uh, I I've never seen Connors, but yes, I was a huge Roseanne fan, and uh, I was huge also Roseanne fan, a, a fan of hers. And uh, the stories are great. I'm not going to say one of them, but they're great. And uh, and you know, yeah. John Goodman is, is a saint. I love him. And where do you know these stories from? From Roseanne or is it from taking a break while you're working, working on Righteous Gemstones? And I'm not going to ask you to reveal them. And John is like, hey, let me tell you some secrets from the set of Roseanne. I don't remember. 
It, it was a great show. It really, and she's she's so talented. Oh, it was a fabulous show. Oh my god! And it made her 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 like her like generational rich. I know. Yeah. Speaking of phenomenal, unbelievable, great shows, like do you watch or did you watch your daughter and the brilliant American Horror Story? Like, of are course, you- I love that show. I love that series. Oh yeah, of course I did. And uh, that b- besides, what's what's uh, what's the vacation movie she did? What's what's the vacation movie Emma did, baby? Yeah, we're the Millers. We're the Millers and American Horror Story are my two favorites. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're not alike, but they are my two favorites. Ryan Murphy is, and Blow, I mean, Blow was also great, but Ryan Murphy is just brilliant. It's so, well, you know, I could, you you would come up in these these parts, like Ryan Murphy pulls people out of nowhere. Like, would you, I mean, if he called, I could see you in American Horror Story. I'm standing by. I, I could. And that's your favorite and Vacation with the Millers. They're both great. You love being a grandfather. It's just, it's changed everything. It's the best job there is pretty much. I mean, because cause, 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 cause they go home. It's an awful thing to say, but it's the truth. And, uh, and it's just great. What about, you know, you mentioned your wife and she helped coordinate all this and I love her for that. But, you know, 29 years, I know she's not in the public eye, but you are. It's still, it's Hollywood, 29 years. How does this, how does this work? Like, how did we get here? I mean, that's a, that's oh, something. She's in the public eye, dude. She, she, she's in the most, the, the, the biggest money-making you know, comedy ever made, Animal House. She, oh. she, she plays your, what's, what's, what's your character's name in Animal House? Brunella. Can we oh, dance for your dates? That's my wife. And, oh wow! Uh, and then, I didn't know that. So she she's been in all kinds of movies, dude. And uh, in fact, one of her best performances for my money is in a movie called Love Is a Gun, with my wife, myself, and Kelly Preston. And uh, my wife kind of steals the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to go watch that. Love Is a Gun. You'll love it. So how, you know, 29 years, like it's, you know, you're clearly in love. Like, how does that, you know, that's, it's hard in Hollywood. It's hard in general, but Hollywood, it's hard. Well, here, here, here's what it is. I've been asked this, so I've honestly given that thought. Because they say, you know, what, what constitutes a marriage that is a real marriage after a generation and a half of time? I mean, half your life, uh, you've been married to one person. How's that happen? How do, how do you do that? How does it make that work? And I really thought about it and I have an honest answer for you. It's two things. It's honesty. And I mean, it's honesty down to the bone marrow honesty where it's real work. It's real effort. And you have to pay attention and you have to be kind and you have to be honest and it's work and it's affection. And when I say affection, what I'm talking about is sex, but I mean affection too, but it's sex and honesty. And when you have those two things, you have all you need. (laughs) And I have it with this woman. And I just, I fucking love my wife. Oh, my wife is my hero. And she's smarter than me. She's nicer than me. And she's funnier than me. And I just, I admire her so much that it makes me a better person. Wow. And it, when the when you say it like that, it's so it's so obvious. Like, okay, well, that's easy. But you know, honesty and sex. Okay, that makes sense to me. But so hard in practice. Oh yeah, no, they're they're both big jobs, <laughs> and they have to be done well, or you might as well not even attempt them. Simple. And so so they're so they're 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 like both responsibilities for your life and for hers. And if you're going to take it on, take it on, dude. What do you say about, you know, I'm just using him as an example, like a Leonardo DiCaprio. Like he says, Eric Roberts is one of the best actors of our, you know, of any generation. A lot of people that are really, you know, just have been in the business forever are huge. Say this about you. Like when you hear things like that, what do you, what do you say? I say, thank you, dude. 
Le- Le- Leonardo DiCaprio said that? Yeah. Wow, dude, that's really cool because I'm a fan of his. Uh, ever since ever since Gilbert Grape, I've been I've been a, a, a big fan, and uh, and uh, he made that part in that movie, that Titanic movie. Had he not been, had both of them not been that good, that movie would have been a a really high action soap opera. But it was good. It was wonderful. You felt for both of them in a great way. And it's because they're both incredible actors. That movie worked on that level because of those two guys, those two actors. That and uh, Leo and Kate so, so I'm 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 very impressed with myself that he would say that. Thank you. That thank you, Leonardo. Thank you, dude. And finally, like, do you get starstruck, you know, like when you're walking around LA, you run into someone, you work with someone. I mean, you have literally, you have been in, you have more IMDB credits than like a hundred actors combined. Like, do you get starstruck either on a set or just by living your life or going to a red carpet? Does that happen anymore to you? Of course I do. In fact, my, my, my like biggest just starstruck anything, because I love this movie called the killing. Uh, who did who did two thousand one? You know, Space Odyssey. Who is that director? Uh, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, I know exactly what we're talking about, but I it, don't know. It was it was the last uh, Kubrick. It was the last film he wrote. He did not direct. It was called The Killing, and it stars Sterling Hayden. And my first grandfather in my first movie was played by Sterling Hayden. And I had already been shooting for three weeks when it was his first night, and it was a night shoot. His first day was a night shoot. And I got to meet him and I was kind of, I was kind of, I was in awe because of the killing of that movie, the killing. Oh my God, that's the guy from the killing. Oh my God, that's him. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and um, I went into his trailer and he was smoking hash out of a pipe. And he said, did I get high when I worked? And I said, no, I don't. He said, oh, what I do? So anyway, what's this scene about tonight? I said, I know he said, what, what scene are we shooting tonight? I said, scene 87. I know the number. What's the scene? <laughs> so I told him. And then he said to me, are you good at improvisation? I said, yeah, I'm okay. He said, good, because that's what we're doing. <laughs> I was scared to death. But he was fantastic. Fantastic. And... Um, we stayed on track with the scene in the improvisation and it's an incredible scene because he was an incredible talent. I was in awe. Yes. So, so to answer your question, yes, I'm in awe when, 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 when there's a reason to be sure. Wow. Is there anything else I didn't bring up that you want to talk about here today? I like to give people a chance at the end, you know, thank you for answering all my questions. You know, I feel like you've had an iconic career, but I like to give people a chance to bring up whatever they want at the end. Okay, I would just like to say that uh, a career in show business is the luckiest, most fortuitous thing you can possibly have uh, because it is so personal and it can get so ugly if it goes wrong. But if it doesn't go wrong and they allow you to work in your old age like me, it's the most incredible thing in the world. And what I have backing that up is I have a marriage of forever. And so and so I so I had my cake and eat it too. And I really feel that way. And 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 I'm not a G golly whiz kid. Oh thank you, thank you, thank you. But but thank you, thank you, thank you. I love my life. And 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 I and I I think I've earned it, but I'm I'm also I'm also I'm also not entitled and I'm very lucky. And uh, and I know a lot of guys are just as good an actor as I am, and they don't get to work like I do. So I, I am so happy every day. And I was so freaked out when they took film. Oh my God, they took film. What's going to happen now? And then you know, suddenly I realized I was I was more famous than I thought I was. It was great fun. You are more famous, yes. Now you've made me think of one more question before we go. What would you sure. advise someone? You know, like, look, there are so many actors that are starting out you know, that maybe aren't working as much as you that are just, you know, like, what would you advise someone that just is having a hard time with it? And, you know, look, it's, 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 it's a tough business. It's a tough business. It would be about interaction and, and about human behavior. And it's this, 
my advice to anybody just starting in this industry is treat everybody you meet like they're going to be your boss next week because they might be. It's how this works. That is good advice. That is how this business works, right? Yeah. It's all about, yeah, the person that is, yeah, I, I think that's really good advice. Well, listen, I will share your social media with everyone. Like, I really appreciate you taking an hour out. I appreciate your wife helping to coordinate this. Thank you for entertaining all of my questions and my trip down memory lane with you. And like, you know, I, I really appreciate your time. You are so kind. And thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. And have a great day. You too. Peace out. Take care, Eric. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.